All right, I got my. I've got a little stopwatch here. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> All right, I'm going. I'm going. Okay. I need every second. Welcome to the 1,000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1,000 Hours Outside, and we have a treat for you today. Both Stephanie and Jeremy Puglisi from the RV Atlas are here. Welcome. Thank you so Hi, much for having Jenny. us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> we, have, we have a treat because we are going to try and do an amazing overview of the fantastic book, Where Should We Camp Next? A 50-State Guide to Amazing Campgrounds and Other Unique Outdoor Accommodations. This book is phenomenal. It has been a bestseller for years. Is that correct? Years? Uh, yeah, I think we're on two years now, is it, Jeremy? Going into yeah. April, it'll be out for two years. Yeah, two years, and it's selling better now than it did when we released it, which is pretty yeah. exciting. Unbelievable. I should really get the dates down for our origin story better, because the last interview I was on, people were asking me when things started, the podcast. I'm like, I don't really know. Let me do some quick <laughs> mental math here. <laughs> I mean, I am not surprised. The book is phenomenal. It is so comprehensive. It is conversational. You know, I think a lot of these books that are travel guides can be boring and dry and it's like you give enough information, but not too much. It's really, really well done. I loved reading it. And it just sparks this interest in getting out and doing things and remembering that our country and our world has so many unique things to offer. And I've talked to a lot of people about something that you have in See You at the Campground, which we talked about a bit ago. And it was about how it can be four o'clock on a Friday and you can be exhausted, but by eight o'clock you could be at the campground. And so just this mindset of inserting adventure and inserting new experiences into our lives and Where Should We Camp Next is one of those books that really makes you excited about life. So thanks for being here. And you have a new book coming out soon. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, April 4th, Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks is coming out. So we were able, this book to, has been really popular. It's really resonated with folks. So um, we're, we were able to expand the brand and the next round is coming out. That's fantastic. And your podcast is restarting. You've had a podcast for a long time, right? Yeah, we're actually starting our ninth year of podcasting wow. right about now when this podcast, when your podcast comes out. And we actually started kind of talking about the 10th anniversary soon. But for this ninth season of our podcast, we're doing our first thematic season of the RV Atlas, all about national parks to kind of celebrate the release of wow. this book. So we're going to do a full season all about camping in and around uh, national park units. Yeah. I cannot recommend your books more highly. I have loved them. They're beautiful. They're great for your shelf. They're fun to look at. It, they're one, there's books where you look at it and then you get to look at it again and again, take them with you on your camping trips to dream about the next thing. And they make you excited about living. So here is my hope. My hope is that we can highlight the book by fairly rapidly going state by state and sort of showing in that way, showcasing how this book has so much to offer beyond the campsites and the special information there is about the different campsites that are across the country. So I've got a little timer set. I'm hoping we make it to the end because Jeremy loves Washington and we'll see if we get there. Are you ready for it? Yeah, this is like interval training, right? podcast I, interval training. I'm really nervous, but I'm on board. Yeah, now, now if, if anyone detected that we're both really nervous, anyone listening to your podcast, now you know why. <laughs> Wait, and if it doesn't work, I'm hoping that you still come back because I really want to talk about the National Parks book. But here we go. Let's start with Alabama. You talk about how Alabama built an amazing state park system in the 1930s, one of the finest state parks in the country, which is Gulf State Park. And you wrote it should serve as a model for other state parks. And in all of these chapters, you have really cool things like watch this before you go, read this before you go. So what would you say about Alabama? 
Alabama is an example of just how our minds have been expanded through interacting with the RV and camping community over the last 10 years. I never would have 10 years ago said, hey, you got to go to Alabama to camp. And then we've interacted with all these people who have discovered just the gems of the COE campgrounds and the state park campgrounds in Alabama. And I think that that is why this book is special is because we look to highlight the things locals really know about their area, although they might not be thrilled that we're telling their secrets to everybody. I think that that just Alabama is the perfect example of what sets this book apart. Yeah, because you include everything. And I like how you say that one of their state parks should serve as a model for everyone else is really cool. Alaska, which some of these places you've been and some you haven't been yet, but you still, when I was reading the parts, there's a few places in your book that I had been and I felt like everything you wrote was so spot on. It's what I would have said about it. Hawking Hills Campground. (laughs) You know, it's beautiful, but the facilities are not the best. So everything is just so honest and Alaska is, I mean, so interesting to read, but they have public use cabins. I've never heard of that. Yeah, they have a cool network of cabins throughout their state parks. Now, when you go to Alaska, most people think of going to Denali and going to the National Park, which, of course, we highly recommend. But the Denali State Park system is great. Uh, And the the actual state park called Denali State Park is fantastic. And you could hit it on your way up to Denali National Park. So that's a great kind of off-the-radar recommendation. Yeah, what an interesting place. We've never been there, but interesting that you learn so much. 92 miles to get back into Denali National Park, but you can only go 15 miles. And then there's public use cabins that there's 80 of them available. And some aren't even accessible by vehicle. I thought that was super interesting. Wow, do we have a cool country. Okay, Arizona has got the snowbirds coming And you give all these recommendations, (laughs) like some places you have to be 55 or older to stay there. So you really highlight under canvas in Arizona, the stargazer tent, this glamping experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody knows us from, you know, 10 years ago eight years ago being really like we loved our RV and we spent, you know, dozens and dozens of nights, if not a hundred nights a year in our RV. And we were really RV enthusiasts. And then we started branching out into the glamping world that has just exploded. I just read a statistic recently that there's something like 300% more wow. glamping accommodations in the last year than there were the year before. Wow. Um, you know, when you look at the prices of these under canvas places, you can get like heartburn <laughs> and we have, and yet we've still gone. And every time we felt like it was worth every penny, there's a lot of glamping options out there, but under canvas remains at the very top of our list. It's just a phenomenal experience. Yeah. And this stargazer tent, you talk about how there's an adventure concierge, which I think that would be <laughs> such a cool job. So Arkansas, you say is the single most underrated camping destination in the whole country. Tell us about Arkansas. Arkansas has a really kind of diverse geographical landscape. And and again, it's one of those states that's maybe not on people's bucket lists from the East Coast or the West Coast, but we think it should be. We really liked the Eureka Springs KOA journey there. It's kind of a smaller campground. It's about 10 minutes away from the Springs, but it's a good example of, of a KOA that has diverse accommodations for different types of campers. So you can get a yurt there. You can rent a cabin there. You can tent camp there. Or of course, you can bring your RV there. So a lot of people that are new to camping and and want like a friendly first option might want to check out a KOA. And that was a really, really good one. And one of the things you have that's so cool in the book is that next to a lot of the different campgrounds, you have categorized them. So for example, in California, it will say, this is a romantic getaway. And I really like that because a lot of people are asking, where can I go? Where's a really unique place that I can go to make some memories? Or it will say family, or it will say waterfront. You have all of these different categories. So in California, you're talking about the auto camp in Yosemite as a rental, uh, has just Airstream rentals. How neat is that? And one of the ones in California had a petting farm and a Slurpee machine. This is really neat to learn about. So (laughs) What's been some of your favorite things in California? 
Now, California was such a challenging state to tackle, right? Because like, how do you narrow it down? But again, we did use just the amazing um, recommendations and stories we've had on our podcast from our community. You mentioned, I think you were referring to the San Francisco North of Petaluma mm-hmm. KOA when you were talking about the petting yes. zoo, if I'm, my memory serves correctly. And that is just a family that we know out there in San Francisco that were, they were like two working parents and they just got away on those weekends against to this place. And this was like their little just um, escape from the world, right? Of San Francisco and LA and all of that like fast paced life. Um, So, and then the auto camp you just mentioned, look, that's another, I mean, it's not beating out under canvas for us right now, but it's another phenomenal glamping opportunity and they have locations across the United States. So if you really love the auto camp experience, you can replicate that around different Mm -hmm. national parks. Um, You know, uh, one of our best experiences as a family was really in that Redwoods state and national park area up towards the north of California. And that's a hard um, little thing for people to navigate campground wise. It's a little confusing with the mix of state, national Mm -hmm. park, also national forests there. So I think our section of that is spot on if you want to dive into that area. I'm a big fan of that little part of the book. Yeah, you do such a fantastic job of having a lot of ideas in there, but not having too many ideas. And I want to mention that you did a lot of this you're both working. You're teachers. You're getting out and seeing the world. And people, I think people would be interested to think, oh, they, they've gone all these places. But it's because you've really prioritized it. It's not because you have endless time on your hands, but you made the decision. We're going to go. We're going to pack during the week. We're going to be ready to go Friday after work. We're going to make sure that we're adventuring. So Colorado, you've got great information about the Rocky Mountain National Park. So all throughout the book, you'll have these guides to some of the most famous places, the Rocky Mountain National Park. And you talk about this Pinion Flats, I don't know if I said it right, campground, which sounded like the coolest thing. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so there you can do um, the the sledding on the sand dunes, which is really, really amazing. Uh, right there in Great Sand Dunes National Park. So that is like an actually kind of epic experience that people in Colorado do every every summer. And most people think of Rocky Mountain National Park first when they think of Colorado for obvious reasons. But this is a terrific place for just like a two or three day trip get out into the Great Sand Dunes National Park, but make sure you leave early because the sand gets really, really hot. Yes. And you have all of those tips in the book, which is so fantastic. Connecticut has something that's really unique. It's in the romantic section, a tree house designed by 15 different architects. And you talk about, I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to say all these right, Hamanaset Beach State (laughs) Park. Some of them are kind of tricky. Winvian Farm is the romantic place. Tell us about Connecticut. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Connecticut, right. Oh, Connecticut, Connecticut. It's a little challenging, right? We were like, can we do a really extensive chapter on every single state? So Connecticut's really tiny. But the interesting thing is, it's actually a great place for people, especially that are exploring that 95 corridor, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people drive their RVs or are taking a road trip up that 95 corridor. You battle through the New York traffic, right? And the Connecticut ends up being this really good stopping point for a lot of people. So it was fun to kind of gather together a lot of like little tiny places Mm -hmm. around that could be actually really nice stopping places. Mystic Seaport has been a place where, especially with our younger kids, we've enjoyed taking a break from the drive uh, time and time again over the years. And then the state park system, I think, is very underutilized, underknown, not by locals, but by people outside of that immediate city area. Yeah. And then in Delaware, you highlight some different agricultural experiences, which I think was an interesting to think about that you could go visit the lavender farm, you could go see the goats. And so within the places that you can stay, you just highlight the really interesting, unique and memorable things that you can go do. And you talk about how in Delaware, some campgrounds are open year round. So that reminded me that we could be doing this anytime. We actually just two weekends ago camped at Delaware Seashore State Park, which was open year round. We did a little winter getaway. And I think that there's five campgrounds in Delaware, and I believe that all of them are open year-round, and some of them have cottages, some of them have cabins, they have yurts. The yurts are not open year-round, but you could certainly bring your RV year-round. Delaware is a tiny state with a really amazing state park system, and if you're looking to save money as a new camper, 
always check out the state parks in any individual state because you can get tent sites and RV sites for 20, 30 bucks a night still. Yeah, wow. And to go year round, that's so memorable. We're on to Florida. So you write that Fort Wilderness is the most popular and most loved campground in the entire country. You have 10 tips for camping at Fort Wilderness and you talk about the RV Super Show. Tell us some cool things about Florida. Again, where do you start with Florida? It's like California, mm -hmm. right? It's just a camping mecca for people. Um, the thing is, I'll mention this for Florida, but it's important for all the state parks if you're reading things. Everybody should understand that every state has different booking windows for their state parks, whether it's 11 months in advance, six months in advance, sometimes it's rolling three-month windows. Look, it's super confusing, but if you want to camp in any of these state parks that we've mentioned in this book, the most important thing is to look at what that state's window is and to be on your computer like you are buying Taylor <laughs> Swift tickets in order to book that at the day it opens. Florida, I say this now because Florida's 11-month booking window, and let me tell you something, those snowbirds are fierce and they snap those sites up. So some of these are magical places, but you have to be dedicated to making sure that you get a spot there. It'll be worth it. But Fort Wilderness is no different. I mean, people, I think it's 360, 40, 65 days in advance, Jeremy. What is it? Like, or, I think. There's some weird number that it's that many days in advance that you can book Fort Wilderness. Over a year in advance. Yeah. And and people do it. So just get used to, if you want to camp at these really famous places, get used to making your reservations ridiculously far in advance. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. And you do a great job in the book of telling that this state is nine months early. All of the information is in your book. Where should we camp next? We're on to Georgia. And in Georgia, you talk about a Conestoga wagon camping. So there's all these just different things out there that you would have no idea. Yeah, Georgia's a really great state, and particularly for us in the Northeast, for spring break, a lot of times we get down to South Carolina or Georgia. Georgia's another example of a state with a great state park campground system, and we really love Jekyll Island Campground to get really close to the beach and to the water, and in April, uh, we can we can dive in the ocean and go swimming there. Wow. So Georgia's a, Georgia's a great spring break destination if you're from the Northeast, for sure. And spring break's coming up so people can use that information. Hawaii, you talk about, is interesting, has a very different camping culture. And you talk about this idea of renting a camper van if you want to camp there. Yeah, Hawaii was tricky. And it was even like, hmm, we want to do a 50-state book. But there's not a huge camping culture in Hawaii. But, um, you know, we did try to highlight it's definitely tent camping forward. But if you're traveling there and from the mainland like we would be, you don't necessarily want to expect to have like, oh, I'm going to be able to like you know, get all my gear together and get out there easily. You do have to do a little more digging around. And that's why we recommend one of those like camper van outfitters, because they're going to help you navigate that kind of experience if you really are dedicated to having it. But just people need to be aware, like that's not really how the tourism industry there is mm -hmm. set up to like give you all of these amazing camping experiences. You can have them, but you're going to have to work a little hard to get it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's good. You give the ins and outs of how to do it. Idaho has 130 soakable hot springs. Idaho is really cool because like, uh, you know, there's a lot of overcrowding in some of the most popular national parks, right? And so a lot of people are disappointed. They go to Yellowstone and there's traffic. It's hard to get reservations. I mean, I love Yellowstone, but Idaho's a great alternative because you still get like that similar stunning mountainous landscape that you would get in Wyoming, but the crowds are just not in Idaho. So I would definitely check out some places like McCall RV Resort is a really like luxurious RV resort in Idaho that kind of flies under the radar. And again, a really nice state park system. And you can get reservations there. We're getting yeah. reservations in and around Yellowstone is a little bit tough. And I loved at that McCall RV resort, how you talked about that there were buddy sites. I thought this was such a neat thing. So that's a, a place where you could go with three or four families and have sort of your own little wing kind of. You could get you get sites where your campers can face each other. So instead of you looking at the back of somebody's RV, their RV will be turned around in the other direction and you'll be sort of awning to awning. And then it becomes like one super wow. site where you can hang out in the middle. 
Yeah, your own little compound. I love that idea. I, you really do highlight in this book too the places that are great for a family vacation, a multi-family vacation, extended family, family reunion, and a thing like a buddy site would be fantastic. Okay, we're on to Illinois, and I have this place I want to go to, Starved Rock State Park. Haven't been. You say it's one of the prettiest state parks in the entire Midwest. And in Illinois, you start about Route 66. So you highlight Route 66 all the way throughout the book. Really cool stops along Route 66. What are your thoughts on Illinois? Illinois is a little tricky. Uh, a lot of people that live in Illinois would say that, right? So a lot of people that are in Illinois end up jumping off to neighboring states, right, to do a lot of their camping. But the exceptions to that, right, Star Rock State Park, a gem, and also Rock Cut State Park is a big favorite. In fact, I was recently in an Uber in Chicago because I have to go out to my office out there quite a bit. And, you know, the guy, of course, what kind, what kind of industry? Why are you here for work? And I'm talking about the camping industry. And he's like, oh, I just really want to get camping and I want to go to Rock Cut State Park, right? Like in Chicago, in his mind, the Uber driver, that was where he needed to get to. So that's a really fun experience for locals and people visiting from outside. And yes, of course, if you want to start Route 66, you've got your marker that's mm -hmm. right there and you can stay, you know, in nearby. We recommend more of going into like the Indiana Dunes, you know, State Park, uh, National Park, and maybe finding your way to that beginning mile marker, Route 66. Even though they're in different states, they're pretty close to each other. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 1000 hours. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. Yeah. So, and then Indiana, which this is actually really close to us. We've been to several Indiana state parks and a lot of them have Olympic sized swimming pools for the summer, which is so fun. And a lot of them have lodging hotels and you could camp, but there's a lot of options in Indiana. So you talk about Indiana Dune State Park that you have really interesting things in Indiana. More than 80% of the RVs are manufactured there. And then Holiday World, Turkey Run State Park, and then in that section, you talk about these vintage trailer books, and I thought those were really cool. The RV Hall of Fame is in northern Indiana in Elkhart. And if you're driving out west from the east, we certainly recommend stopping there. If you're driving from the west coast to the east coast, 
planning on stopping at the RV Hall of Fame is a really, really cool stop. Um, my favorite camping in Indiana is, as Stephanie mentioned, in Indiana Dunes State Park. There's a great campground there that's very popular. And then also Indiana Dunes National Park, one of our more recent national parks, also has a really nice, quiet, peaceful, rustic campground. People debate which one is better, the state park or the national park. Uh, I think I think they're both terrific options. And interesting in there, you talk about how at the state park, they have these theme weekends. And a lot of these campgrounds have these theme weekends. So some of the themes are vintage camper rallies, birding festivals. So really neat just to see this vast variety of things for people's different interests. So we're on to Iowa. And I liked this in Des Moines at the KOA, they might bring a meal right to your site, a hot meal. How cool would that be? You talk about staying on a farm, on a working farm, and there's lots of caves. Let's talk about Iowa. Yeah, I'm, yeah, sure. So you mentioned the bringing the food to the site. Look, you know, some people are state park campers and some people are resort campers. Well, the reason why we have some of these KOAs in this book is because, you know, you've referenced it before, busy working parents doing their best to insert some adventure into your life. It is not easy and we're not here to try to make it look easy, right? That's not what we're doing. We wanna support people. We wanna say, we understand the challenges. Let's try to get past some of them. And honestly, food is one of them. So as a mom who packs three school lunches every day, right? I'm making breakfast, dinner, especially coming out of COVID where they were all in the house all the time eating nonstop. Like it's hard to also sometimes Mm -hmm. prep food for a camping trip, we all know that that can be one of the hardest things about camping, right? Is like getting all the food ready and in the coolers and packed up to go. So I really adjusted over the years and welcomed all these opportunities where these campgrounds are providing pizza right on site. I was at another KOA in South Carolina just recently on my way down to Florida you order, you check in and they said, would you like to order a pizza right now? Because they have a a pizza place right there and we'll deliver it to your site once you're settled. (laughs) And I was just like, as you know, for someone like me, busy working mom, it is like, that is a magical experience to just have dinner show up. If you like to grill out right when you show up at the campground, great. But if you can find these campgrounds that do special little things like that, you may enjoy your Friday night as much as your kids are enjoying their Friday night. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so awesome to know that those options are out there. So we're on to Kansas, which is a state that I've never really thought about camping in. But you talk about Wilson State Park is a state park campground that will take your breath away. Acorns Resort, it's a great place for multifamily. Who's camping in Kansas? Look, everyone thinks of Kansas as being kind of flat and just something you have to drive through on your way to Colorado. But they are they have beautiful state parks with really, really diverse landscapes, lots of opportunities for hiking, for kayaking, for paddling. And also in Kansas, you start to see there are some Army Corps of Engineers campgrounds. Now, a lot of new campers don't know about the Corps of Engineers campgrounds, but they run terrific campgrounds that are I think every single one of them is on the water and they're all super affordable, maybe 30 bucks a night. And a lot of them actually do have water and electric hookups. So it's another option. If you're budget camping state parks is obviously a great option. Also check out your army Corps of engineers option. And Kansas has a bunch of them. Awesome. In Kentucky, you talk about the mammoth cave national park, which we've been there to mammoth caves and you just, Bring in the details when someone wants to know them. You have such an ability to hone in on, you know, you read about Mammoth Caves and then you're like, okay. And then you go through and you talk about, well, here's the different tour options. Here's where you can camp. Here's where you can stock up. You write about the regularly scheduled ranger programs. So it's just when the person wants a little bit more information, you give it. So tell us about camping in Kentucky. Yeah, that was the hardest part of writing this book was not doing more of that. We had to really pick and choose, right? Because to do 50 states is a lot, but Mammoth Cave was a fun one to do it because we think it's a little bit of a different national park experience that some people aren't as prepared for when they plan on going there, especially in terms of having to really plan ahead for what cave tours you may want to do and what reservations you may need to have. I 
feel like it's a little bit of a trickier system to navigate than some of the other more popular national parks. So I really felt like it was worth it to have that time. I also think it's just one of those perfect examples of the kind of location that you can get what you want. We're not judgmental campers, right? That's the difference. If you want to stay at the Jellystone near Mammoth Cave and have it, I think I always say Wibbits wrong. Maybe it's Wibbits. I, I would have said Wibbits. I don't know. But the, I think it's Wibbits, but I think I've been correct. Floating obstacle <laughs> courses. Floating obstacle courses. If you, that's your kind of camping experience, then great. Stay at the Jellystone. But then there's also a great, another great example: the Army Corps of Engineers, relatively nearby, which is the Wax Campground at the Nolan River Lake. And then there's really rustic Mammoth Cave Campground. So no matter what it is you're looking for in that area, you can find it camping. Mm. So maybe that was why we spent a little more time in that area than we may have in some other national parks in the book. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because if you go to a hotel, they are relatively the same. Maybe yours has a microwave. Maybe yeah. it's got a pull-out couch. But with these campgrounds, there is just variety upon variety. And you talk about in Louisiana then about urban camping. This comes up yeah. and it comes up throughout the book. Tell us about that. You know, so for new RV owners, don't always realize that you can take your RV into cities. A lot of times there are campgrounds either in cities or around cities, and each city is a little bit different. But the French Quarter RV Resort, you can actually take your RV and camp in the French Quarter. And some people might say, well, oh, I don't know if I want to be in there in the French Quarter overnight with my RV. But it's gated. There's 24-hour security. And that is kind of actually common at a lot of these urban type campgrounds. Now, I personally would probably not want to be tent camping at the French Quarter RV Resort, and I, I don't even think they allow tent camping. Yeah. I don't think you can. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there are, almost every American city has an option in the city or near the city. Cities like San Antonio, Philadelphia, even New York City. If not right in the city, then right outside of the city. And it's going to look different. These are not going to be pretty state park campgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're parking lots. Just don't leave a bad review because it wasn't scenic enough. <laughs> Well, right. But then you say a lot of them will offer shuttle services, which is fantastic. Then you don't have to be fighting the traffic to get to the destination that you want. I think Maine is going to take us over our time limit a little bit. Vacation land. But there was a really cool place in here. Bar Harbor Oceanside KOA Holiday, where there is the pie guy. Yeah, look, you can't. I can't. I can't believe I'm limited on time <laughs> talking about the Bar Harbor Oceanside Camp. We've had some of our most special memories as a family at that campground, so it's just a really special place. And yes, one of those memories is, of course, the pie guy who drives around and you just order homemade blueberry pies uh, right out of the car, and he'll come back for more. And then the you, next you day, heat so you perfect. heat them up in tin foil over the campfire, and then you add a scoop of ice cream, and you're in heaven. Wow. And then that's a place where you can play in tide pools. We've actually never done that. This is on our bucket list. We've never seen tide pools. Ugh. So it's you said it's right outside your campsite or it could be. Oh, right. We yeah. Right. If you're lucky, see, I would never get a site here that isn't on the water. That's my rule. I say it's a fantastic campground if you're on the water. Otherwise, mm -hmm. don't bother. Go someplace else. Go to one yeah. of the other choices around Acadia National Park. So it is my favorite, favorite, favorite place. <laughs> Main vacation land, and you talk about just the specific things. Go after Father's Day because the black flies are bad. You have favorite spots in there for swimming as a family. We're on to Maryland, which is special for you because this is the first place that you camped as a couple. Yeah, so Assateague State Park Campground and Assateague Island National Seashore Campground are right next to each other. They're both right on the beach. They're both amazing. People debate which one is better. We think the state park's a bit better for families because there's better bathroom facilities and hot showers. The national park does not have hot showers. But some of the sites at the national park, you're literally right at the foot of the dunes and can walk right down on the beach. So those are two of our favorite campgrounds in the entire country for sure. Wow. And this is the one with horses. The wild horses roam through both of those campgrounds. Don't feed them. Don't get, get too close to them. Follow all the basic rules there. Um, and But it, it, it's amazing. You'll be sitting there relaxing at your campsite and horses will just, wild horses will just wander through your campsite there. What an experience. And then you talk about Cherry Hill Park. That's close to downtown DC, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, but still has a playground and a hot tub. So what a better experience than cramming yourself into a small hotel room. Massachusetts, we're talking about Cape Cod and actually this Normandy Farms family camping resort. 
you talk about the organized activities for kids and teens. So a lot of these campgrounds have things that kids can do from dawn to dusk. And adults. So Normandy Farms is interesting because it's actually one of the most, it's one of the original resort campgrounds. Before resort camping became a thing over the last 10 years, Normandy Farms was almost like a family getaway camp, right? For decades. And it's been a a family run campground like Lake George is another example of this. Just been around forever and been doing what now is so popular. They will have morning yoga classes for adults, water painting for adults. It's not just for kids. Shuffleboard. They have um, a bike track, like an adventure bike track. This is just, it really is when they give you a schedule, they actually have it separated by age range. Like it is a dawn to dusk. summer camp for all ages is really a special place. That's so fun because when you become an adult, you don't have those options anymore, those opportunities. How cool. And then you talked there about Nickerson State Park, a day in Boston you talked about, but eight crystal clear kettle ponds. I didn't even know what that meant, but I thought I want to go to that. (laughs) Now you do want to go to the kettle ponds. Yeah. Cape Cod is another one of our favorite places as a family. And we discovered the kettle ponds in our camper on our first trip into Cape Cod, probably like eight years of 10 years ago now or so. Henry David Thoreau swam in the kettle ponds. And so did Stephanie and Jeremy. (laughs) And so did we. That's incredible. (laughs) And Ginny will, and Ginny will too. Yes, I'm going to the kettle ponds. All right, we're on to my state of Michigan. We are huge camping people in Michigan. All along the coast of Lake Michigan, there are little towns and campgrounds that are all beautiful state parks. And you guys have been to the National Park. Yes, Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore, the Platte River Campground to me is the classic, ideal National Park Service campground. You can tube along the Platte River and then it dumps you right out into Lake Michigan. The water goes from being kind of warmish to being chilly when you get out onto Lake Michigan. And there's a beautiful beach there right at the end of the Platte River. So that's one of our favorite campgrounds in the country for sure. Yeah. And Ludington State Park has the same thing. It has a river that too, you can tube right out to the water and Ludington has a lot, a lot of things to do. Skate park. So that's one of our favorite places to go. That's near us. Minnesota, Mall of America made it into the book. Well, I mean, like, that's the thing, right? Is there certain things that you feel like I can't not mention this, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, so Minnesota is really one of those, like I said, um, a lot of people in Chicago will like get away right into the city. This is their escape. So it has a little more of that. I think uh, in the Smokies, there's like that Gatlingburg mm-hmm. kind of feeling about it, right? So it's a little more, some areas are a little more touristy, but then they also have shockingly beautiful state parks, right? Yeah. Yeah. You talk about this particular one, Lambs Resort and Campground. The log cabins are Instagram worthy. So you definitely point out which ones are picturesque. And the Mississippi River starts here. This would be a great book to help your kids learn geography. That's for sure. Okay. Mississippi, there was a campground that's right next to a water park. So that's an interesting thing that you could go to a campground and then go to the water park next door. And that's actually a state park. That's Buccaneer State Park. And what's so? And the South is really good at state parks, by the way. The South, I think, can has really modernized a lot of their state parks. And so, you know, we think of state park camping as kind of sleepy and not too many activities or amenities. But some of the state parks in the South have rock climbing walls and have water parks like Buccaneer State Park. And you almost get like that RV resort experience, but at state park prices. And that's happening in some county parks, too. So that's another thing for people to check out is local county parks have sometimes a campground and those really fun family-friendly activities also. We have 20 minutes left, so I am going to ask the audience if they think we're going to make it. And I don't really know. All right, we're on to Missouri, (laughs) and you talk about the shut-ins, little swimming holes. This sounds incredible. A natural water park in a river created by rocks. Johnson's Shut-Ins State Park. Yeah, that's really one of our classic uh, campgrounds in Missouri. And our correspondent, Carrie Cox, who comes on our podcast all the time, she reviewed that on our um, RV Atlas podcast. And they love going there for these little swimming holes. There's also fishing within that campground. Uh, Another state that has a magnificent state park camping system is Missouri. Absolutely. And that's one of the more popular ones in the state. It's hard to book for the summer because there's that swimming aspect to it. So you're going to want to make sure that you book that one early. 
Okay, so we're on to the crown jewel of the continent, Glacier National Park. Actually, the biggest thing that I got out of your book is that I live on the wrong side of the country. <laughs> Apparently. Tell me about it, Jenny. <laughs> the crown jewel. We haven't even been to these places. We've not been out west. So talk to us about Montana. I know it can get busy, but then you talked about if you stay on this side, you're going to see more moose and black bear, you know, on the east side of Glacier National Park, but it's busy. Yeah, that's what, yeah, we, we really, in the book, we we spend a lot of time helping people determine what their plan will be because the east side and the west side of Glacier National Park are different and they also have different um, offerings and neither one is good and neither mm -hmm. one is bad. It really is about what you want out of the experience. We're big fans actually of having people pick multiple places. It's not for everyone, but it, pick multiple places around a, a national park so that you can kind of immerse yeah. yourself more in an area and not spend every single day. People don't realize how much time right. you spend in a car driving to certain locations in national parks. That's true for Yellowstone. That's true for the Smokies. Mm -hmm. So we like to pick a few places in different regions and Glacier is a really good example of that. And I think this chapter breaks that down pretty well for everyone. Yes. We're on, Jeremy, you, you got Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone. <laughs> well, no, no, but you, I, I, I got I have to disagree again. And so, so some of these states like, can't, let's, like Kansas or Nebraska, we don't think of as great camping destinations, but I swear to you, they are. And that was part of the thing that really excited me about this book is that in traveling across the country, we discovered that every state has great campgrounds. Nebraska mm. has amazing state park campgrounds that have these like glamping cabins that are actually designed so you can roll your bed out of the bedroom onto the deck and sleep either outside or inside. Wow. And those are all new facilities that Nebraska has, has put into their state parks in recent years to meet the demand and the desire for camping wow. and glamping. So you can glamp in Nebraska state parks and the price is very, very reasonable. Wow. And honestly, it's not for everyone. It's not something that I made up. So, no. so hopefully nobody gets mad at me. It's an actual, it's an actual thing. Oh, that's right. That's like their catchphrase. Yeah. 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 You say it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not my catchphrase. So no one gets mad, but you write that there's more miles of river than any other state in the lower 48. Cabela's was founded there. There was a, a state park, Eugene T. Mahoney, that has a ropes course. How fun. And then you talk about this thing that they do called tanking, where they go down the river, I guess, in a stock yeah. tank. So instead of a tube, I know I we look, we have a lot of love for the people of Nevada because we worked with Cabela's for a while. And some of just these wonderful people that we worked with at Cabela's lived Nebraska. in Nevada. And so, yes, I, I'm saying, I, you know, the next state's Nevada. <laughs> so my brain went ahead because I'm so worried about our time. But yeah, so Nebraska it, it, the, and we we grew a lot of love for the people of that state. And we learned things like tanking, which never this New Jersey girl never heard of in her life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now we're on to Nevada, which is a place where, you know, you're thinking of <laughs> no. the Vegas Strip, but there really is so much beauty there. One of the things that you talk about in this and in a lot of them is that there are campgrounds that don't take reservations and you write, Godspeed camper. We wish you luck. So <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> That's so mean of us to write that. So yeah, there's a lot of people that are okay with you have to, you know, know thyself camper, right? Like know whether this is for you or not. If you are a kind of person that is going to get stressed, if you can't get a reservation or you don't have a backup plan, don't do this, right? Make reservations. You can make reservations someplace. But if you're going to show up, you need to have a plan. You need to do your research ahead of time and see what time people leave the campground, right? So if checkout time is 10 a.m., people at these campgrounds will be in line outside the gate at 10 a.m. to replace the person leaving. Like that's how it works with these things. So it's like a game that you have to think is fun to participate in or just don't, or do, don't or just do don't do it, yeah. it. we don't we, we've never we've never gone on a trip where we didn't have the reservations okay but obviously people are doing this they're showing up people do it and it's yeah it's usually people without kids people I'll be that live quite closer honest, right because you feel more right yeah and also usually people know what their backup right. plan will be so if i don't get a site this is where i'm going to go instead when the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody, and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. 
Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Okay, so Nevada's got the Atlatl Rock Campground, the Great Basin National Park, which you said is the least visited in the national park system, but is beautiful, and a lot of outdoor excursions near Las Vegas, so lots of information about Nevada. New Hampshire had this really cool place called Santa's Village, the cleanest amusement park that you've ever been in the entire country, where Santa spends his summers. Yeah, and that's in White Mountain National Forest. (laughs) So New Hampshire has a super, super interesting camping culture because White Mountain's National Forest is just as magnificent as any national park in the West, if you ask me. But it also has all of these smaller, more affordable and budget-friendly theme parks like Santa's Village and Storyland. And, you know, it's not Disney World, but for little, little kids, that our kids loved Santa's Village. And it was Disney World clean, and it was a fraction of the price of Disney World. So you could be hiking one day in the White Mountains, and then the next day you can take your kids to a theme park and kind of patch together almost like a perfect family vacation where everybody gets to do something they want to do. Disney World clean. I love that. That's the thing. There's like not even any bugs at Disney World. All right. Interesting. New Jersey. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Stephanie. Stephanie, okay, you are hosting. I don't know how I feel about that, but okay, no. (laughs) We are lifetime residents of the state. We've made excursions and lived in other places for, you know, brief periods of time over the years, but always come back to this state. And yeah, so there's, you know, do people say, hey, I'm going to go to vacation in New Jersey? Probably not ever. But if you're in the area, all the way from Cape May, up to the Skylands regions, there's actually some really great campgrounds and camping experiences. Cape May is near and dear to our heart. It's one of our favorite getaways. It's one of our kids' favorite getaways. Um, and it's got some pretty fun campgrounds down there. And then also up in North Jersey, you know, we talk about the Great Divide Campground, which is sort of that like more resorty kind of um, experience. But up in the Skylands region, a little more mountains attached to the yeah. Appalachia line that runs up, right? So it's surprising landscape for what people do think of when they think of New Jersey. And the World Series of Birding is there, so people are interesting. Yeah. Oh, we have a great birding culture. I mean, along our coastline, a lot of wetlands. So really, if you know where to look for the birders, they come out en masse, especially during those migration times like September and October. 
Yeah. Okay, we're in N, New Mexico. Oh, we're, we were in N, but we're, we're like in the middle. <laughs> but now we're, we're middle. saying New, Me- New Mexico. <laughs> we got some criticism on our New Mexico chapter from somebody that left an Amazon review because, you know, look, we, we do favor the places we stayed, right? And like we stayed at the Albuquerque North KOA and we really liked it. So we put it in the book. For a but city it's, it's, it's a city campground. Like that's the thing. We wanted to give people a range of places to stay. Like if you're around Albuquerque, you want to stay near there. It wasn't like out of every campground in the entire state, these are the most beautiful. Or shaped by where we've camped over the last 12 years. Yeah. Or for Carlsbad, you know, you're looking for something near Carlsbad caverns. It's not like there may be great options. So it's a little tricky sometimes. And quick shout out, Ent- Enchanted Trails RV Park is really cool. It's on Route 66, and they have a bunch of vintage RVs there. That's almost like a vintage RV museum wow. at the campground. You know, I think you see through the book, and Amazon reviews are so hard. It's like you probably couldn't even quote me your best ones, but those negative ones, they stick. And it's it's tricky, but you really get from this, <laughs> this is real life. This is what people are actually doing, and this is what they're doing with their families. And, you know, you have the romantic getaways in there too, but if you really want to camp and have an experience with your family and make memories, this is the book for you. Where should we camp next? New York, New York's got a lot. New York's got a whole lot. Oh, thanks, Jenny. <laughs> she wanted to bring us back. Oh, my gosh. New York, Jeremy has raved about New York being like a hidden yeah. treasure of a camping state. Um, and it really is, right? So it was hard for us. New York is a large state and there are so many different right. regions. So we actually did include a lot in New York because so many people, right? Think about population density in the United States also. There is a huge amount of people that can get to this state right. to go camping, right? Boston, New York, Philadelphia, you know, all of those places. So um, for everything from branches of Niagara, which again was at the beginning of this boom of resort mm. camping. Um, we went there, I think in their first year, like 10 years ago, I was pregnant with my third when we went there for the first time and he's turning 10 in April. Um, And that's just a wonderful place that is like zip lining over the lake all the way to like the Lake Placid area, the Lake George area, the Finger Lakes, which are really special um, in our heart. The state park system in New York state is really unbelievable. Yeah, so much. You say there's over 6 million acres just in the Adirondacks. So you could come year after year and have a new camping adventure every time. Jellystone Park at Lazy River is one of your favorites. Yes, you said Niagara. There's statue. You could see the Statue of Liberty on an island. I mean, this was an incredible chapter. The Astronomy Lodge and all of these different things. 19 waterfalls at Watkins Glen State Park. The Grand Canyon of the East. Incredible. Okay, North Carolina. North Carolina, quickly, you can do the ocean. You could be surfing on the Outer Banks, then you could go west and drive on the Blue Ridge Parkway, and then you could end up all the way on the North Carolina side of Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So that's another state like New York that has an incredibly diverse landscape from the ocean to the mountains, and you could wow. spend your whole your whole life exploring North Carolina. We're going back to the Outer Banks this summer and staying at, at Camp Hatteras right on the beach. That's one of our favorites. Yeah, you wrote that the pool complex at Camp Hatteras is one of the best in the country. We love Asheville. That's one of our favorite places to go. North Dakota. All right. Oh, that's me. Okay. So North Dakota, again, not a place that a lot of people can get to, right? This is like a long journey away. But of course, we wanted to highlight Theodore Roosevelt National Park, which a lot of people who do get there say is one of the most magical camping experiences that they have, right? It's just that feeling of remote wilderness that it is incredibly hard to get anywhere in our country these days. So that's a special experience for a lot of people. People and we really wanted to, you know, to to get that in there, even if, you know, it's in probably like the thousands of people that travel to North Carolina every year. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, but you talk about glamping options, yurt and covered wagons, just great options. Ohio has Hawking Hill State Park, and I just thought your wording in this book was so good. The campground is not quite as spectacular as the park itself. I mean, this is the truth. You can camp near Cedar Point, which is an amusement park that we go to every year. It's real fun there, and they've got a water park. So let's talk about Ohio. Now, I would say I've heard that that Hawking Hills, the makeover was 
good, right? They did. They redid a lot of, I've been hearing whispers about that. So I do want to say that they did a big investment in Hocking Hill State Park Campground. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's good. (laughs) Oh, I got to go look. I didn't know about that. And then Twinsburg. Twinsburg. Oh my gosh. We have, we have such a long story. We could talk about that. We won't. We were camping near Twinsburg with our twins and we had no idea that there was a Twinsburg. And all of a sudden at the campground, there were twins everywhere. And I literally thought I was in some kind of hallucination. I'm like, oh my God, there's like 50 sets of twins camping here. Like I'm imagining this. And then somebody said, oh, the, the biggest festival for twins it's is twins uh, this weekend around the mm-hmm. corner. And then we went to Twinsburg for the festival, having no idea it was even happening on our Ohio trip. Wow. I can't even imagine what you would have thought about that. We have friends who their daughters have won the most lookalike. You know, they have all sorts of awards and things. So we have friends that go to the Twins Day every year. And then Cuyahoga Valley is in Ohio. You talk about Mohican State Park. But we're moving on. We're, we're into Oklahoma with Route 66 highlights and a Jellystone that's got an inflatable obstacle course. So many cool things. And also, there's yeah, a- I have. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, Jared, no, 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 no. Go I ahead. lost Go track. Ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do think that the Route 66 angle, right, of Oklahoma is probably why a lot of people are going to be there traveling through on that journey. It's a really popular RVing route and road tripping route to take. Um, but then also, you know, I have family roots in Oklahoma, so it was kind of interesting for me to dive into some uh, some of those like state park adventures that are available there. Yeah. Okay. Oregon's got a lot. The 7.2 mile round trip hike is a bucket list hike at Silver Falls State Park. Vintage trailer resort. There's a lot here. Oh my gosh. Like talking about Oregon quickly is really, really hard because we loved it so much. You got Crater Lake National Park. You have an amazing state park system and the coastal camping in Oregon is absolutely gorgeous. There are many options for camping right on the beach. One of our favorites is Sunset Bay State Park, really spectacular sunsets. And you can walk from your campsite right over to the water every night. And that's what people do. And they check out the sunset there. The sunset there. Oregon is one of my favorite states for camping in the country. Wow. Pennsylvania. Okay. Island glamping. You paddle out by canoe. This one's got a lot of family options. You talked about a place that sleeps 16 and a place that you never left. Yellowstone, Jellystone Park in Quarryville. Yeah, so Quarryville has been a really fun, repeated place for us to go to in that Lancaster area um, with our kids over the years, water park activities nonstop. Pennsylvania really has great camping options around every single like touristy kind of attraction, right? Like Gettysburg, You honestly, it's hard to pick. You know, like we knew that our favorite was the Getty, Gettysburg Battlefield KOA, but there's probably two or three other campgrounds in that area that we could have put in. Lake and Wood Resort is now, it was just bought, it's a sun property. So it's actually a different name now. We were seasonal campers there for a short time because it's just really special old campground with a lot of just wonderful family activities. So I think that um, there's sort of this really, there's a camping culture in Pennsylvania that really is that family camping weekend getaway culture. There was the double-decker bus. I thought that was a really cool thing. All right. Oh, yeah. That was at Lake and Wood. Yeah. (laughs) And we're going to have to fly through until we get to Washington. So, sorry. And I'm like, my last name is Yurich, so I'm used to end of the alphabet things. So, my apologies to everyone who lives in a state that is near the end of the alphabet. I knew this would happen. (laughs) Rhode Island. All right, really, really, really right, quickly. Super small state. I'm going to recommend a gigantic campground. Burlingame State Park has over 700 sites, which kind of makes up for the fact that there are not a lot of campgrounds in Rhode Island, actually. Burlingame's a really great one. There's four other state parks that all have great camping, and a couple of them are right on the water. So you can do some cool coastal camping in Rhode Island if you want to. Incredible. South Carolina. The best state park camp camp system really in the country, or at least top five. We love this place. We return almost every year. We wind up in South Carolina doing some form of camping. We have a ton of information about yeah. it in this book. I don't even want to pick anything to highlight. <laughs> Ten things to do in Charleston. Okay. So, sorry, people of South Carolina, South Dakota. <laughs> You're going to have to get the book. So- 
Custer State Park is just as amazing as any national park. It flies a little bit under the radar because it's a state park. There's like 20 campgrounds inside Custer State Park. We camped at Bluebell Campground and we absolutely loved it. And we did that. Uh, what that wagon ride out and got steak dinners made by the Cowboys. Custer State Park wow. is fantastic. Camp there. Camp there next. Yes. Tennessee. All right. Smokies, right? So many camping options. We actually have a blog post that is one of our most popular blog posts over at the RVAtlas.com, which is like 12 campgrounds, you know, around Smokies, because it's so hard to pick and choose where you're going to stay. We stay at different campgrounds every single time we go down there because there are so many great options. But here you do have another one of those great under canvas options around the Smokies, which we highly recommend. And then also, if you're looking for a quieter kind of getaway and not near the national park, the Piney Campground at Land Between the Lakes is a perennial favorite. People return there year after year from childhood wow. through with their grandkids. Wow. All right, Texas. Ginny, remember the Alamo, please. Okay. Never forget <laughs> the San Antonio Alamo KOA is another example of great, great urban camping where you're literally right in the uh, right in the city and it's a beautiful city and we love that the river walk there in San Antonio. So that's a really great one in Texas. Another great state park system. There's beach camping in Texas. There's Big Bend National Park. Texas is huge. Great state for camping. All right, Utah. <laughs> Good luck doing this one quick. 15 million visitors a year. <laughs> oh my gosh, the the big five, right? Utah launched this big campaign to bring more people to Utah and visit their national parks. And now Utah is like, wait, stop coming here, right? Because so many people discovered the ma- the majestic world of the big five. So now at this point, you do need to do a lot of planning if you're going to camp here. You um, look into the state park options, like we talked about in the book, like Jordanelle State Park, um, because they're going to be a little easier to get into. Now, also, they're going to be more rustic. You're going to pay maybe like $17 for some of these sites, but you're getting nothing. There's not even a water spigot for some of these options. So you really have to. Yeah. Wow. Well, and some of them are, some of them you hike into. And I think if you really want to get a site, those are always going to be open. (laughs) If you're willing to hike in, exactly. (laughs) Hike into your spot, you're going to be able to camp there. All right. Vermont. (laughs) Beautiful state park system, but one of my favorites there is another KOA, the Brattleboro KOA. Uh, It's a really cool downtown area. The campground's about five to 10 minutes outside of the downtown. And there's a really charming organic farm right next door to the Brattleboro KOA. So you can walk from your site, go over and get some fresh uh, fruits and veggies and bring them back and, you know, cook them up and have them for dinner right at the campground. Oh, I love it. And they have a fall vintage camper rally for people that are into those vintage campers. Virginia. Love Virginia camping so much because you've got the Shenandoah National Park, but you also have the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is a little bit of a, I feel like flies under the radar. I was just recommending it to someone the other day who lives here in New Jersey, and they did not know what I was talking about. When I was talking about some of the places we've stayed along the Blue Ridge Parkway, they were looking at me like, where, where is that? And where should I go? And that's only like maybe five, six hours away from us here. So it really is a little bit of a hidden gem that I would recommend. Like we visited the fancy gap area along the Blue Ridge with our kids, super fun area, Uh, lots of folk music, uh, just really great, um, interesting, unusual place to go. Wow. It worked out, Jeremy. We ended up with you somehow. (laughs) You ended up with Washington Olympic National Park, your favorite. So, and there's a lot here Mount St. Helens, the Eight Caves. Focusing on Olympic, that's my favorite national park. And it's a great example of a national park where there's lots of different ways you can camp inside the park. Lots of campgrounds that are RV friendly, lots of great places for tent camping, but also check out your national park lodges. And we do mention some of those in the book, even though it's a little bit maybe cheating saying it's camping, but we love those national park lodges. And uh, Olympic National Park has several of them that are absolutely beautiful on Lake Crescent, right up on the ocean. Go to Olympic. It's my favorite national park in the country. Yeah. 
or I'm flying through these last three. West Virginia, Black Waterfall State Park, open year round. Wisconsin is the water park yes. capital of the world. And you say they're the friendliest campers in the world in Wisconsin. One of these places you get a rental, it comes with a canoe at Mirror Lake State Park. How fun is that? And Wyoming, you say has more bucket list camping de destinations than typical states that you have all sorts of information about Wyoming, the rodeos, and I'll end with this one. The Cody KOA has free morning pancakes. How fun is that? I hope that this gives people a taste, a small taste of how incredible Where Should We Camp Next is. Such an incredible book, not only with places to visit, but really incredible memories and how to's. How do we do these places? Because a lot of times you only have a chance to go one time. How do you do it the right way and hit the highlights and hit the things that are great for families? Where Should We Camp Next? A 50 state guide to amazing campgrounds and other unique outdoor accommodations is available now bestseller for the last two years and where should we camp next you can pre-order or you can order this will come out when it's actually out you can buy it right now where should we camp next national parks the best oh wait a minute never mind you can pre-order it you're gonna come back you're gonna come back maybe maybe you're gonna come back oh no we, we we'll definitely look we, we finished the job here we're definitely gonna come back we did it we did it we will be back jenny you'll be back so they should pre-order because pre-ordering really helps authors and if you want to have content like this you got to pre-order so you can check out those books from the Puglisi's. you can check them out online at the rvatlas.com you can check them at the rv atlas on instagram and you need to be listening to their podcast which is coming out with their ninth season a thematic season about the national parks it's called the rv atlas podcast that they both do together stephanie we always end with the same question jeremy did it last time so it's your turn this time what's a favorite outdoor memory of yours from your childhood from my childhood it was my first visit to Assateague State Park that I remember right I just remember being um attacked by a wild horse on my bike and being thrown off my bike and I skinned my elbow and I still have that scar you didn't expect that one did you Jenny <laughs> Well, but I love it. And that one's in the book. And you'll remember that forever. So the horses I, are still talking about it. <laughs> Great. I enjoy this book tremendously, immensely enjoyed it. It made me so excited to dream about what things that we might do. And it was just such a reminder of how creative people are, all of these different experiences that they've made at these different campgrounds and all of the opportunity that is out there. Thank you. Thank you for joining in on my crazy idea. And thank you for taking this time with us. Thank you Thanks, so much, Jenny. Jenny. Talk to you soon. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.